Murray State Basketball Podcast and Steve Prohm's first signature win at Murray State in Tenure 2.0. Ten days in against Texas A&M, the number 24 team in America. I did not have that on my bingo card, but that is what we've got. 88-79, racers get the win tonight over the Aggies in Conway, South Carolina, opening round of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. And frankly, of all the things that were on my bingo card about what could happen in this game. We talked earlier in the week about, I don't know what to expect. This week, had, uh, every possible scenario was on the table for what we could get out of Murray State this week. They could win the whole thing, sure. They could lose the whole thing, lose all three games, sure. There were everything <laughs> from one end of the spectrum to the other. The one thing I did not envision... Not only did they beat Texas A&M today, but excuse my French, for about 30 minutes of this game, they kicked Texas A&M's ass, which was remarkable. This was not the Murray State team we saw 10 days ago in St. Louis when they got whooped by the Billikens. This was a... The final score does not tell the story from the standpoint of what Murray State did defensively was spectacular. You give up 79 points. It looks like, hey, you had a, you know, maybe a little had a rough night at the office. AM got a lot of points late. Scored 28 in the first half. They held them to 38% from the field. We talked about coming in, AM shooting 43% from three. Obviously, a small sample size this year in just two games. Last year, they were a 32% three point shooting team. So you were hoping to see, from a Murray State perspective, a little bit of regression tonight. How about 22%? Six of 27 from beyond the arc. Racers held the Aggies in check there. This was just a flat toughness win. They took it to AM. They took it to AM, which, from so many components looking at it, is, is kind of stunning. Because, in a lot of ways, it's like Murray's in this game, Murray's bringing a knife to a gunfight. Steve Prohm, seven guys. That's all we're going with. And five of those are guards. And for big chunks of the night, he had a four-guard lineup out there. And what you get with that four... And meanwhile, Texas A&M, you're taking that four-guard lineup against a bunch of hosses. They've got some dudes over there. And Murray was able to... You get... You get styles make fights. And... I, you know, I, I can't help but think, you know, with these, two, with these two head coaches facing off 10 years ago, while at Marquette, Buzz Williams and Marquette and Murray State's dream season in 2012. And the thing about that game, Murray obviously is an OVC school undersized. But what they played against Marquette was Marquette was sort of an undersized big school. And so, you know, sometimes the little guy, you can go run by the big guy. You know, that you can, you, can, you can take advantage of the contrast. Tonight, there was a contrast. I mean, Murray was just much smaller, quite obviously. And that's, you know, part of the reason why A&M gets 20 offensive rebounds. 
18 second chance points. I mean, in a vacuum, when you just look at the box score, and AM turns 20 offensive rebounds into 18 second chance points, they turn Murray over 17 times. You're like, well, they don't have a chance to win. No, oh, they did. And they, and they, for substantial chunks of this game, really most of the first 30 minutes, they put the screws to him. And especially after what we saw a week ago, you know, Lindsey Wilson aside, that great, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen. Division one competition, the maturation of this defense in the last 10 days was, was something to behold. Could not, could not be more impressed with what we saw. Now, we get to 15.45 to go. Well, it was 15 minutes left. It was right after the first media timeout. Buzz Williams calls timeout because Murray's up 51-36. They'd gone from plus seven at the half. They're now plus 15 with 15 minutes to go. They start pressing a little bit. Murray eh, hurries a couple shots. Next thing you know, you look up, especially Jamari Smith gets his fourth foul with 9.14 left. It was 60-50. to 50. In 51 seconds, Texas A&M goes on an 8-0 run, hits back-to-back threes. It's suddenly 60-58. to 58. You got 8.23 to go. Steve's calling timeout. Jamari Smith is stuck on the bench for at least three more minutes, and the lead is two, and it feels like the world is caving in. Murray hasn't trailed for one second in the game up to that point. And the stones they showed in the next two minutes to answer with a 10-2 run, Kenny White with a massive three. Rob Perry with a massive three. The play I'm proudest of for Kenny White Jr. was after he hits the three, comes racing down the floor as AM's trying to run, you know, up Murray's back and try and try and get the quick bucket. He comes racing down the floor and gets a block at the rim. I think the bottom line is, of the seven guys playing, Kenny White is probably the second tallest dude on the team. Maybe third. Marlon Leston, Sam Murray, I'm going to go Kenny White. You put those dudes in shoes, you put him next to DJ Burns, you put him next to Jabari Smith, I'm going Kenny White. He had 18 points tonight, great. Hit a couple threes, awesome. Four for five from the line, better. Six rebounds from Kenny White and a massive block there. If this team is going to be what we think it can become, he's got to rebound. And tonight, he was engaged and wildly successful uh, for this Murray team. Racers hit 28 free throws. So many down the stretch in the last seven and a half minutes when they're in the bonus down the stretch, but especially, you know, get that two minutes to go, 77-70, and then it's it's just a free throw shooting contest. Rob Perry goes four for four. Jacoby Wood goes nine for nine. DJ Burns, four for four. Jamari Smith, really the only rough thing he did tonight was the free throw line where he's four for nine. Take, you take him out, the rest of the team goes 24 for 27. 22 of 28 from the line in the second half. A, just a fantastic, fantastic answer when the team that everybody thought was better coming in sat there and let you bully them 
amazingly enough, for 30 minutes. And then they finally woke up and came roaring back and turned a 15-point cushion into a two. And then for Murray just to answer right back ferociously with that 10-2 run in, in that two-minute stretch to push the lead back out to double digits, that, is, that to me is, is the, uh, that was the sequence of the game that won this thing. The punch and the counterpunch, the ability to take the punch, but then to deliver again was, was tremendous uh, from this racer bunch. Jamari Smith, DJ Burns. You know, when you look at it, you're like, DJ, DJ had 8.6 rebounds tonight, two assists. It, it just feels those numbers do not remotely sort of dial in on how impactful he was, as was as was Jamari Smith. When they're going four guards now, and you see a lot of this, you got four guys on the perimeter around the arc, and then they, they work Smith or Burns in at the free throw line, sort of at that high post, and it's like get the ball in there and let them turn and then figure out what they want to do. And, boy, they made a lot of good decisions tonight. You know, we didn't see a lot of it against SLU. We saw it tonight with A&M. Smith would get the ball in the post, and they would come double. And he had to make decisions, made good decisions. Burns, the same thing. We saw him score from the high post at points, put the ball on the floor, but he would also find the open guy. And Murray made shots. You know, they were not, they were not volume shooters from three. But you're 10 of 22, you go 45.5%. Only eight, eight threes in the second half attempted, but you make five. And it was just, those were daggers, especially, again, during that 10-2 run uh, where the racers uh, you know, grabbed control again uh, en route to the 88-79 win. First win over a ranked team for Murray State since the bracket buster game in 2012 with St. Mary. Head coach that day, Steve Prohm. I've said before, Steve Prohm's got a chip on his shoulder this year. It's obvious. Steve Prohm has a... Never going to say this out loud. Just get the sense being around him. That he feels like he's being painted. His whole resume is being tainted by what happened his last year at Iowa State. I get it. I understand it. What have you done for me lately, people? Wants to remind some people he knows how to coach. And tonight isn't as much the reminder of that. It's what we've seen in the last 10 days. And how the guys, as he said after the slew game, we needed this. This was the wake-up call. Welcome to Division I basketball. <laughs> you know, welcome to the Missouri Valley Conference. And he got those dudes bought in. And just a tremendous effort today. And now it's like, look, you know, it's, it's real easy to go, hey, we, can, we got our one. We got the big one. I mean, you got the only ranked team out of the eight. But now is where you get greedy and you try and go get some more. Tomorrow, it's going to be UMass who upset Colorado. So you thought you, you know. I think a lot of people thought this would be Murray State and UMass in the consolation bracket. Instead, it's Murray State and UMass in the 
semifinals uh, of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Just quickly going over my notes here real fast to see what else I missed. Um, really the thing, you know, the, the part about this game that was uh, pretty pretty amazing that Murray scored so, you know, they scored 88 points. Rob Perry, who again, from a from the outside looking in, where you're just like, Rob Perry is the most established collegiate scorer. He's the guy you think is going to be able to He's going to lead them in scoring. He had 12 points, and a lot of that came at the line at the end. He didn't really give them much offensively for huge stretches while Murray was on this tremendous run. The fact that, you know, they get Jacoby Wood tonight was the scorer that we thought he could be as he goes for 23, and Kenny White has 18, and Jamari Smith 17 with foul trouble. He did that in only 25 minutes. Perry had 12. You get 88, and he had 12. Uh, I, I thought that... I thought there were points where you could tell he was getting a little frustrated, and there was a couple times he probably hurried some shots. Rob Perry is a set shooter, and I think that's something to track throughout the year. You know, when he's, off, when he's on the move, I think that's what defenses are going to want to do with him, get him on the move, He's not as good of a shooter. If his feet are set, if he can catch and shoot, he's lethal. And there's a couple times where he, you know, he hadn't he hadn't gotten the ball, hadn't seen the ball go through the basket yet. And there was a couple opportunities where he's like, I gotta get a shot up. You know, and he was coming off screens and trying to and it just it wasn't working. But those banger threes that he knocked down uh, in the second half, especially late, feet were set and and forget about it. Uh, just a, again, you know, he can go get 20, but for him to get 12 and them still to get 88, uh, that says a lot. I, I, have, I have said this from the beginning. I think this team will be able to score points. Tonight against an SEC team ranked in the top 25, they went and got 88. They proved they can score. The Achilles heel for this team is just simply going to be the, offense, the defensive glass, just giving up offensive rebounds because they are going to be small. And that is, you know, this was a game where, you know, Marlon Leston, just from a size standpoint, you're like, ah, you would have hoped maybe he could have given you a couple minutes. They tried that against SLU. It just a couple possessions didn't work out. And Steve was like, these are the seven I trust. We're going with these guys. But it's like, it's just got to be one of those all-hands-on-deck situations because you, long-term, you are not going to be able to give up 20 offensive rebounds night in, night out and be able to get out of there with the win. This has to be an all-hands-on-deck situation with everybody rebounding. And for the most part tonight, again, aside from the 20 offensive rebounds, you know, Perry got six, White got six, Burns got six, Jamari Smith got four, Quincy Anderson three, Jacoby Wood, Brian Moore, too. I mean, everybody got some, and that's, that's what you need. But there were points, especially, and I, again, natural. You get up 15, you're feeling real good about yourself, and A&M's panicking a little bit and starting to bomb threes, and we got, a, we got into that watching syndrome that we saw a little bit with SLU last week that you gave up a few unnecessary offensive rebounds. But uh, time to worry about that uh, is not now. As uh, the racers, quick turnaround tonight, and... 
tomorrow will be an interesting game in terms of you've got to go to the I say you've got to go to the bench. Will Steve Prohm go to the bench? Matt McMahon was always a big, look, these are kids. These are 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They, they play every day. They can run all day. You know, we're not, I'm not worried about people being tired. Well, Steve played seven tonight. Kenny White went the distance. Jacoby Wood went 37 minutes. The other five that were in there, they, you know, they got worked in and out. But it's a quick get in the ice bath, and we got to get to work for a UMass team tomorrow. That game's at 1.30, so a very quick turnaround uh, for the racers and the Minutemen in the semifinals of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. All right, that does it for the uh, Ride Home edition of the Murray State Basketball Podcast. Tomorrow morning we'll have some more breakdowns from the A&M win, and we'll start getting you ready for Murray State and UMass again in the semis. Uh, at 1.30, that game, for those of you – uh, wanting to watch that one on TV. ESPN2. Once again, that game will be on tomorrow uh, at 1.30. All right, that's all. Murray State Basketball Podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.